everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was Or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. I am thrilled to have Shannon Kaiser back on the show and I will make sure in the show notes that I link up to my first interview with her, but I also want to clarify, I know I've said this about quite a lot of guests that I've had on the show, but I bought a couple of Shannon's books probably two or three years ago, it was right after I moved from Chicago to Texas. I bought Find Your Happy and Adventures for Your Soul. And I remember using these as, you know, a lot of what I do in the morning, part of my morning routine is to have two or three books that I'll do a reading out of. Maybe it's a chapter, maybe in the cases of books where it's like got devotionals, I'll read a devotional. Um, I've definitely got some favorites that I keep going back to. One is by Kristen Armstrong. Um, I've always loved Joel Osteen. Um, and when I found Shannon, I just, she's one of those people who has written a lot of books along the personal development lines, self-awareness lines, um, that just you read her and it's almost like it's a fortune cookie. You ever open up a fortune cookie and you feel like they know exactly what's going on in your life. Now call it what you will, you know, coincidence, kismet, whatever. But in this case, I distinctly remember reading when I was, (laughs) when I first moved to Austin, for those of you that know that whole backstory, you'll know why I'm chuckling. That'll be a separate podcast. I do the lessons learned about, judging a book by its cover or not judging a book by its cover. But I I distinctly remember I was in this very tumultuous time. I was staying with these people I didn't really know um, at their house. I felt very alone, very uncertain about the future, very upset about the past and the present. And I just remember reading Shannon's, I would read a, a couple of pages out of Finding Your Happy, and it would always be exactly what I needed to hear. And then I stalked her, asked her to be on the show, loved having her on the show. And, you know, it's like, it doesn't even matter what I talk to her about, you know, what we specifically address. She just has a way of speaking to what 
what's going on in the minds of so many people as far as how they, and particularly women, how we tend to view ourselves, how we judge ourselves, how we um, have such a negative self-talk situation going on in our head, how we don't see what we're capable of, how we worry about what other people think. And she's just an amazing human being. Honestly, I, I think she's just such a light Um, such a light in the world. That's my best way of describing her. And I have so many of her books. I'm actually, I've got her latest book on the way uh, that was just released and I can't wait to dive into that. And I'm 99.9% sure once you listen to this and you check her out, you will not only be stalking her and following her online, but gobbling up all of her books just like me because they've definitely made an impact on my life in such a huge positive way. So sit back and enjoy. This is about a 40-minute interview, so I left it as one part. But again, enjoy this chat with Shannon Kaiser. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Kelly O Show. I am thrilled, as you know, to have Shannon Kaiser back. She has been with us, and I'm a little embarrassed. I should have looked this up before we started recording uh, what her episode number was. Um, I bought her book, one of her first books, Find Your Happy, several years ago. When did, do you know when, do you, as an author, do you know when your books came out? Like, if I bring up your book, Find Your Happy, do you go, oh, yeah, that was published in this year. Yeah, that. yeah, that was 2012. So okay. maybe sometime after that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I probably did. But I, I remember buying it because I, I have two or three different books I always have as my what I, I do readings from. And I, I will have one that's more just philosophical, one that's more um, Christianity based, and one that's more um, like right now I'm reading the Daily Stoic. I do a reading from that. So you do like two or three books and I'll have a reading from them every morning. And I just remember getting her books and every time I read a, a, you know, a chapter or a page, it was just like mic drop, like such awareness. I would have a life lesson out of everything this woman said. Um, she's, she's so brilliant. She's such a light in this world. I'm obsessed with her. And I somehow stumbled on one of your new books, um, several of your new books. You've had several books come out since I last had you on the show. And I'm like, oh my God. She just keeps getting better. So I reached out to have her back on the show. And and we're going to talk specifically today about self-love, self-care, which is so needed for so many of us. So after I rambled on there, Shannon, welcome to the show. Are you ready to go? Oh my gosh. Thank you. I am so happy to be here again. Yes, I am so excited. I'm thrilled to have you. And you are just, you know, for people maybe who haven't listened to our first interview, why don't you, you know... Give everybody, you know, a snapshot of, of who you are. Tell them about some of the books that you've read and, you know, what, what's your passion? Because you're, you're just such a, a, a light to so many women and you've changed so many lives. But before we start diving into self-love and self-care, maybe tell them a little bit about you and how you got started on this path and became such an expert and a leader for others. Yeah, I'd love to. In fact, this is a very special year because it's my 10-year anniversary from leaving corporate. It's like been a decade. And I left corporate. I was in a different career in advertising and climbing the corporate ladder, but I was also very depressed. The doctor diagnosed me with depression. I was silently suffering from eating disorders and my relationships were toxic. I just didn't feel good in my body. I hated myself. And it was interesting because that was a pivotal moment. And I think we all have pivotal moments in our life. And at that time, my pivotal moment was when the doctor diagnosed me with depression. Mm -hmm. And 
waiting in the, I was waiting actually in the waiting room and she was filling the prescription. And I know that medication helps many people, but for me, I was reading an article that said dogs can help with depression. And my inner voice said, go this route, adopt a dog. And so I did do that. And funny enough, that really put me on a, a, a career path of discovering, like it changed everything. Not only did I realize that the core of my depression was I wasn't being true to myself. And I feel even Jim Carrey said, depression is an avatar that we have been playing a character that we're no longer relating to, that we're kind mm. of burnt out from. And that was my life. So I adopted this dog and he changed everything. I, I went on this journey. Today, my work is about awakening and aligning people with their authentic and true self. Everything I do aligns back to you being who you're meant to be because that's the journey I personally went on from hating myself to learning how to love myself. And the reason I bring up my dog is because that dog really helped me find self-love because I, I started my career seven, you know, a few years into it. I had Find Your Happy, the book you were talking about, and I was going on a morning show in Seattle to talk about it. And then I was in the hotel the night before. Interesting enough, I was going through the tips on how to be happy. Yes, I had bypassed depression, no longer addicted to drugs. My eating disorders were, were fixed. However, I couldn't say one good thing about myself. I was looking in the mirror crying. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to learn how to love myself. I want to see myself the way my dog does. And that was a pivotal moment where I sat down and changed everything. Self-love became my mission and it turned into my book, The Self-Love Experiment. I am furiously taking notes here, so I remember everything that I want to piggyback on. It's kind of a lot. I kind of piled it all in, but but yes, I feel like self-love is the foundation for everything we want in life, whether it's a fulfilling career, a relationship, to get out of debt. And once I found it, my life radically changed. It is oh my gosh. the most beautiful thing, the most beautiful thing we can give to ourselves and the world. I agree. And I also think that without question, it's one of the things, particularly with women, that is so missing. And um, we're going to dive right into that in a second. But I want to call attention to a couple of things that you said, because I think it's very profound. Um, you, you said that you help women find their authentic selves. And kind of back to what Jim Carrey was saying, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, playing a part, like I, that's what I was pulling out of that, like, so many people are playing a part in life. And they, I, I started to realize this when I decided to make the move from Chicago. I lived in Chicago for 16 years and I suddenly was like, I, I don't want to live here anymore. And I decided I was at the time I was going to move to Phoenix. I ended up sidestepping to Austin and then I decided to stay in Texas. But so many women wrote me after I was moving, I sold most of my stuff. I said, I want to buy all new furniture, new car, everything. I just want to start fresh. And everybody, all these women were writing me going, how, do you, how could you do that? Like, I wish I could do that. And I'm like, why can't you? And I, that was my first realization that so many people don't ever like lift their head up, virtually speaking, from their desk and look at their life and go, is this what I want to be doing? Is this the relationship I want to be in? Is this where I want to live? Is this the, the job? Do I love this job? Cause like, I don't have to stay here. I don't think a lot of people ever take time to, to think, is this me? Is this my authentic self? Am I, am I happy? Do you, do you agree? Like, I just don't think a lot of people ever even start that path. 
Oh, 100%. In fact, there's been studies done that uh, one of the number one regrets on our dying bed, this was a study that was done in, in the UK, and the, the top regrets of the dying, it turned into a book. And the number one is, I wish I would have lived a life true to myself, not the mm-hmm. one others expected of me, followed by, I wish I allowed myself to be happier. And this became a pivotal, when I was doing research for my last book, I realized that so many of us are living for others or yes. we're just not giving ourselves permission to even ask the questions that are needed to get to the clarity. We're just on autopilot and kind of going through the motions and settling. And for women especially, so many of us are terrified of rocking the boat, of, of not being the, the go-to person in our family. And we sacrifice ourselves. We sacrifice who we really are. We hide ourselves. And this turns into a lack of... Um, real fulfillment. And so the real fix is to check in with yourself. Like you said, I get a lot of those questions too. And the first thing I always think is, well, why can't you? If, if you and I can do it, anyone can. The mm-hmm. thing that stops us is, is the beliefs that we can't, the beliefs and the conditioning that we are somehow stuck in our own life, but we're only stuck by our illusions. We can take the steps forward. Absolutely. Starts think- with asking, who am I? And don't you think that one of the number one, I've said this recently, like one of the the number one phrases women would benefit, it would benefit their life if they could get rid of the phrase, I could never, because I hear them saying that so many times. I could never be an entrepreneur. I could never, I'm not a salesperson. I could never lose weight. I could never be in a bikini contest or a figure competitor. I could never start my own business. I couldn't. And I'm like, what? I never thought when I quit corporate America and founded a company, I, I had no idea what I was doing. And I remember saying, distinctly saying to myself, because my dad's like, what are you doing? You don't ever quit a job before you have money in the bank and blah, blah, blah. And I had no money, no business plan, no investors, no idea what I was doing. I was starting a business that there was no model for it. It was the first fitness influencer network. And we started with nothing. I mean, our first client paid us $500 and and that was to be divided between three people who were working for nothing. But I just, I went and I remember saying to myself, what's the worst that can happen is I screw up and I have to wait tables for a while. And I was willing to do that because at that time, that was the first step towards putting, putting my dreams and belief in myself first versus worrying about what other people think. And I do think that's when you said we live for others. We live for what others think or we live for others, other people's acceptance. Do you agree that that tends to be, without people realizing it, it's a driving force, the acceptance oh, and approval of others? 100%. I have full body goosebumps because everything you said is similar to my story. And what you had was, and what you still have is passion and heart. And we all have a passion, but we don't always give ourselves the permission to go for that passion. We hide. And we all have big hearts, especially if you're here and you're listening. And combining those, what you really showed in your story is you had this commitment to be your true self. And that's what it comes back to. I love that you said that, you know, I kind of got to a place where I didn't worry or care about what other people think. Because in my latest book, Joy Seeker, I talk about the barriers that block us from being who we truly are. And the number one is a fear of what other people will think. We Mm. live in a world and a society where we are basically terrified of not fitting in, of being something that might look different than what is expected. And this turns out and turns into 
us being a false version of ourselves. And I often say, your true tribe can't show up until you do. And look at what you've created. Look at your beautiful company. The more you you are, the more the real people who relate and understand can find you. And you are being true to yourself. And so what we show when we live our life with passion and heart and a commitment to be our true self, we should really show that the right people can find us and a worry about what other people think kind of goes away because you don't want to be pleasing people who don't really care about you anyways. It really oh. does work that way. I love that. And what you said, I like, that's a bumper sticker moment from here. Your tribe shows up when you do. And honestly, um, nothing, I couldn't feel more strongly or in agreement. I'm high-fiving you from all the way here in San Antonio, Texas, um, because that's, Me that too. Really, yeah. <laughs> it really is. That's so true because, you know, even when, so I, I feel as though my, I've had some phases of self-awareness and I'm sure that that's common for most people. It doesn't, it's not like you just wake up one day and you blossom and suddenly you love yourself and everything's perfect. It's a process like, like most things. And sometimes your, your old habits rear their ugly head and you have to, you know, it's all about awareness, right? So back when I founded my first company and I was just sharing that story, I, I left, I took the, I took the leap. I went for it. I got out of my comfort zone and that was my first step. But the truth is for the six, seven years I was running that business, I was kind of an imposter because I was so wrapped up in being a people pleaser. I was so wrapped up in what you said before, taking care of everybody else putting myself last. And I think that's going to be one of our next topics is talking about how with self-care, we need to put ourselves first. And that's so unnatural for women. But for years, I was the people pleaser. I was the person who put everybody's, like all of my employees took vacations. I didn't. All of my employees took times off. I would work on the weekends. Like I was the martyr. I was the, I'm going to suffer. I remember I had an ear infection so bad I had a hole in my eardrum and I kept working oh, and I'm yeah. in the emergency room because, because I thought I got to close this deal. I got to, I've got 12 people depending on me and on, you know, my payroll and blah, blah, blah. So for so long, I was running this company because I felt obligated. I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't loving it. I didn't, I didn't want any part of it. I wanted to escape and I never gave myself permission to do it because I thought, well, I've got to stay here for these people. I've got to stay here for the clients. Never gave myself that permission. I wasn't being true to me. And I was also filtering myself on social media because of, I thought I was, I was so consumed by disapproval from my family, disapproval from friends, disapproval from whatever. So I was living this life almost as, like you said, an avatar, somebody else. And when mm -hmm. I finally, it, it really took a lot of drama the past couple of years since I first interviewed you, a lot of drama, a lot of chaos. I shut that first business down. I started another one, fired a lot of people, cut the bad people out of my life, started putting myself first and really started getting to know myself and like myself and just let that person be on yeah. social media everywhere. Just what you said. Yeah. As I've shown up more like just outrageously, unapologetically me, my tribe is growing and the response is growing and everything is blossoming because I finally like got rid of the, the obsessing and worrying about pleasing everybody. And I think that's something that holds so many women back, the people pleaser thing and the putting themselves last. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. And you said it best. It's permission to be you. All of us need to give ourselves permission 
to be who we are as we are. And I think a lot of us, we feel like we need to be different in order to love ourselves. I know for many years when I first started my business, I started to gain weight. Like I used to be a triathlete and I was very, very counting every calorie. And as I was gaining weight and my body was changing, I put so much pressure and I was like, you can't love yourself if you're overweight. And that was a, that was a huge belief that was blocking me. And then I realized that my body is beautiful. I'm beautiful. I have a lot to offer. And that is what the the real path to true self-love is, is accepting yourself as you are. And real self-love is showing up for yourself. And that's where self-care comes in. So everything you said ties back to being who you really are, but we do that by accepting who we are, by being compassionate with where we are in our journey. So you went through a lot of drama. You went through a lot of kind of pulling out parts of you that weren't working because that's what happens on every single one of us when we truly start doing the work, which is a beautiful, glorious journey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We start showing up for our self-love, for our true self. Almost always what happens is there is a, a falling away of things that are inauthentic. And sometimes in our journey, we freak out because we're in relationships or we started companies and we're in places. But again, in Joy Seeker, my latest book, I talk about the the path to your true self will require a new next level of you. That is what real self-love is. And when we show up for ourselves, be willing to let go of what no longer resonates because what is coming is so much more grand. I love that you said that because one of the things that was very hard for me, and I hear this from a lot of women, it's, it's because what you just said is very true. What, what starts to happen as you become more self-aware and you do the work, you're, you're reading, you're, you're thinking, you're becoming aware of your habits, your behaviors. You do, you start to see friendships and relationships differently. And for me, you know, I can think of several people who used to, I considered them to be close friends and then uh, as, as I became stronger, more confident, and, and for sure, I think that was a big thing that happened with me was the insecure people pleaser, Kelly, the doormat. I realized what a doormat I was because I was going around trying to make everybody like me and, and, and make everybody happy with my decisions. And I became a doormat. So here I was the, the CEO and founder of a company and everybody that worked for me manipulated me because I let them. Because mm-hmm. I was, I, I didn't want to be, you know, so many women think that being the boss is being a bitch and being assertive is being a bitch. And we think, so we avoid it. We avoid confrontations. We avoid difficult conversations. And so as I made the shift from being a doormat to standing up for myself, I, the first thing that I noticed is I, I really was scared to, to be the more to stand up for my beliefs and to push back and have difficult conversations with people. But what surprised me at first was a lot of the people I had to have somewhat difficult conversations with or change the way I um, engage with them were family members, people that, you know, again, had conditioned me to feel a certain way. What surprised me, what was pleasantly surprising is as I became more myself and, and didn't try to please them, didn't try to fit into what they wanted, our relationship actually became better. I thought yes. I would alienate people, but it, it actually, yeah. my father is one of them. Like my father and I, when, when my company was going through a difficult time, you know, I, it was just a lot going on and he was really disappointed and angry and we, we were far apart. And as I became more assertive and confident and yet I learned to have confrontations with him where my voice never escalated. I was never disrespectful, but I was firm. Like we are more close now than ever before. And, 
And two years ago, I was like, I can't stand my dad. So that was surprising. Do you find that with a a lot of women that you work with that as they become more assertive and confident and self-aware that sometimes the relationships they think they might destroy actually become better? Oh, absolutely. And that's really what it is. It's kind of this connection where you go back inward and, and you're being your true self. And the, the side effect of that is our relationships become deeper, richer, more fulfilling. As I said, back when I was depressed and you know in a very dark place, my relationships were so superficial because I was just on the surface. And it wasn't by any fault. It's just because I wasn't allowing myself to be who I was. I was like you, trying so hard to please others. And it wasn't until I started to show more of the real me, like the things that I thought were flaws or the things that I thought people would make fun of, the people who really love you, no matter what, they will love you and show up even more. And they love you for who you are. And that's another thing too, when we're talking about friends and our tribe, sometimes we need, and you've kind of touched on this too, sometimes we feel like we need validation and support on the dreams, especially if you're getting ready to step forward into your your life and taking that action on your goal or writing your book. Or We want the people around us to support us. And sometimes they can't in the way that we need to. But what we can recognize is that they love us for who we are. And as long as you are supporting and finding value within yourself, that is enough. And when you do, just as you said, you become strong, you become a a force, you Mm -hmm. become someone who shines. And this is what then attracts the right people to you. And the people will show up more fully, the people who do love you, like your dad. Yeah. And the the relationships that I have, I mean, there were obviously some really bad people um, that I had to get out and I don't want them back in my life at all. Um, But then there were some people who, again, it was like, I just became more aware when I would have conversations with them, like, I don't even enjoy this conversation. This is not a, an equal friendship. And, and I, I realized it was, you know, I, I think even simple things like this, women, we don't even entertain the thought that we can maybe be in a friendship where this isn't working for me. Like, and, and we automatically will tell ourselves, oh, that's selfish. You can't not be friends with somebody. That's not nice. Yes, we're, yeah. it's, it's, it's not our job to be nice to everybody. It doesn't mean you have to be horrible to them, but this, you know, I'm thinking of one of these examples in particular, this person just was, every time I had a conversation with her, it was condescending and adversarial from her end. And I remember I got off the last call. I'm like, I don't really want to be in this friendship anymore. And so I didn't, I didn't pick up the phone and call her and say, I don't like you. You're horrible, but I'm not in her life anymore. And the truth is, I've seen evidence of very immature behavior, by, and it's, it's better. Like, my life is better without that person. I wish her love. I wish her, you know, peace and happiness. But you're allowed to, like, remove bad things from your life. And I, for sure, there's a lot of women listening who aren't giving themselves permission because they think they have to be nice all the time. Yes, and this is actually part of the self-love journey. When I first left corporate, I have a very similar story because – I was starting to show up more for myself and that meant voicing my opinion. That meant, you know, sharing things that brought me joy, like positive quotes and stuff. I actually had a falling away of my best friend for the past, the previous six years. We talked every single day and here's the thing, misery loves company. So when I was depressed and in a dark place, that vibration matched. But as I started to post more quotes from like, you know, Wayne Dyer and Buddha and she, it became this interesting, interest, really interesting experience where she actually started to like lash out and get mad. 
And funny thing is, I just realized exactly as you did that even though she was my best friend for so long, I'm growing and I'm changing. And here's what we have to recognize. Everyone is on their own journey. And so you said it best, we can send them love, we can send them light. But I knew for my own personal sanity and growth, I had to just bow out. And I even said, you know, I don't want to gossip on our phone calls. I don't want to talk about the drama and the things that aren't going well. If, if we continue this, let's keep, let's talk about what we, our dreams. I'm in a mm-hmm. place where I'm like starting my own business. I want to share that. And that really pushed her buttons. She fell away. But get this, nine years later, she actually would post, like she, she couldn't stand that I would post positive quotes on social media. She unfollowed me. And <laughs> nine years later, about a year ago, she reached out and um, just kind of said, hello. And I started to notice that she was posting positive quotes and she's now reading personal development books. And now wow. we're friends and we talk on the phone. And so it's one of those beautiful things where you allow people to be where they are as they are. And everyone has their own story and their own growth. You know, some people may never get into what you are, but when you fall away, it's more of a respect for yourself and saying, I matter, go your way, peace, love, and harmony, God bless you, okay? But, but I got to do me. And so yeah. let's just do us and move forward, you know? It's so true. And, you know, you brought up something a second ago. We were talking, or I wrote down um, confidence and, and, you know, when you start to become self-aware and respect yourself and love yourself, uh, there's a confidence that arises. And a lot of women um, are very intimidated because they view confidence as arrogance. They view confidence as bitchiness. And this, I think, comes from a lot of what we see in Hollywood. Um, television, what we read in books, you know, if you're a strong, assertive woman and you you have an opinion, like you were talking about speaking up at work, having an opinion. Women, you know, don't quite often won't even speak up. And if they do, they go, I'm sorry, but can I ask a question? I don't want to sound dumb, but let me ask a question, you know, kind of dumbing themselves down, talking down about themselves, apologizing because they have an opinion. And there's a lot of women, that's a big leap for to, to say, it's okay for me to have an opinion. It's okay for me to push back. I mean, I could go so far as to say, think about this greater big Me Too movement. The fact is it took a long time for women to be okay going, you know what? And I'm one of them. I've been, I've, I was telling my man, I, I, everything these women in Hollywood have dealt with, like that's been my, and probably you too, Shannon, like in corporate America, it was more common to have men saying vulgar, disgusting things all the time. And Mm -hmm. I never felt comfortable going inappropriate. You're not going to talk to me like that. I would say it now and I wouldn't be worried about what they think. But a lot of women, even now when they think about objecting to something or, or saying, I don't disagree or having a, a, a confrontation, they, they're terrified of being assertive. Do you, do you see that a lot? How do you address that? Well, I definitely agree with you. And I think in any industry, no matter what, uh, it's definitely, there's a shift happening in our culture, but mm. where women can feel safe to, to speak up. But something you said that's very interesting is the confidence and the arrogance. And in my self-love experiment book, and when I was going on my own self-love journey, I had to identify the beliefs that were blocking me from feeling self-love. And one of the biggest beliefs was that self-love is selfish. That if I, you know, speak up, it's confidence and arrogance is just, I don't want to be that girl. But then I got very, very honest and clear. And the people who are the most arrogant, and you think about this no matter what your gender is, the people who are overly confident or needing that extra attention or narcissistic or anything like that, 
those are actually very insecure people. And it's a funny way because it shows up in a boisterous way because real self-love, real self-love, think about someone you know who really, maybe someone you don't know or someone you see who really represents self-love. They are grace and action. It is a soft, wonderful, loving, compassionate energy. And you can speak your mind and you can stand your truth and stand up and have boundaries from a self-loving place. And no one is going to think it's arrogant because there's a very different energy. Mm, that makes so much sense. Because if you, if you do, if you think about some of the most insecure people, how boisterous they are, I mean, a lot of people would probably say, you know, there's some people in politics that that reminds me of. And yeah, yeah and they're very insecure. If you really get to the heart of it, the people who seem the most condescending, arrogant and conceited, they are the ones suffering the most inside. Yeah. And from a psychological perspective, when we know this, we can actually, even if it's a politician you hate, we can actually send love. And because what self-love does, when you love yourself, you have more to give to others. And this can be kind thoughts. This can be self-love for your family. When you show up for yourself and take care of yourself, you recognize, you know, I got to a place in my own journey where I recognized that the most monumental thing I can do to help the planet is to love myself because that's one less person hurting. That's one less person in pain. And when you shift your own vibration, you help shift the vibration of everyone in your house, everyone in the community. Self-love, I truly feel is the answer. God, it's so true. And I, I think what's helped me sometimes because it, it really did. It, it, I, I created recently um, this Facebook group because when I, when I finally it hit me like I don't put myself first. I have had this tendency the past, really ever since leaving corporate America, when I leaped into entrepreneurial life, I, I just realized that I'd become this workaholic person, the person that put everybody else first and myself last. And I, you know, my health took a major, a lot of major hits and I kept doing the same thing. So it took me a long time to get to the place where I could put myself first, I could start saying no, I could, you know, put my foot down when people are inappropriate. And, and it's, it's been such a wonderful shift for me, but so many people don't, they don't, they still don't get it. And for me, I think a, an easy way to think of it is if you're a mom, think about your daughter or your son. If you're um, maybe not a mom, think of somebody who's a dear friend and, you know, how would you react if somebody was mistreating that person? How would you react if somebody stole from them? How would you react if somebody, you know, physically assaulted them? You would go to the nth degree to make sure that that person was taken care of. You would defend them. You would help them. You would bring them into your house. What would you do if that person was exhausted, um, wasn't eating well? You would nurture them. You would take care of them. And that's the way we should start to, for me, it helps me to look at that as like, I have to almost look at myself in third person and go, this woman, she works so hard. She does a lot of things for other people. I need to take care of her. I need to protect her because I need her strong so that she can do more things for other people. And ladies, when you really get just what Shannon said, that when you do invest in yourself, let yourself take that bubble bath. Tell the kids they have to leave you alone for 20 minutes so you can have some quiet time. Go out for a massage. You know, take yourself for a pedicure. Whatever it is that helps you have some peace of mind. And it, it doesn't have to be like that. It could just be going to read a book. It could be listening to a podcast, going for a bike ride. But when you start taking care of yourself and putting yourself first, just what she said, 
you will actually be more present and be better when you are present for everybody else in your life. If you haven't done it, experiment, because I also liken it to being on a treadmill. If you're on a treadmill and you never get off to take a drink, you're just going to go slower and slower and slower. And self-care is the same thing. If you never give yourself self-care, you're just going to slowly deteriorate mentally and emotionally. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's interesting, too, because on that same idea, when you show up for yourself, like I was picturing, you know, the moms and the children, you become an example. Your children actually see you in a way that, wow, mom matters. Wow, mom is taking care of herself. That, what does that mean for me? We set an example by our actions without having to say stuff. And so your actions speak so much louder than words. And, and you can even create self-love practices with your family. In my book, The Self-Love Experiment, I talk about the Me Matters list, which is creating a self-care routine. Like for me, I love nature. Love it. I love cuddle sessions with my dog. I love family time. I love reading. I love bubble baths. So I create a list. And you look at your list and you, you add more of that into your day. And then bonus points, bring in your family. So you and your daughter can have a nature walk. You know, hey, let's mm-hmm. do our walk today. And it becomes this, this deeper moment of connection to not just yourself, but each other. And truly, that's what, that's what we all want. That's what we're all craving is is love. We want to be loved. We want to be seen and heard. And it has to start with us seeing and hearing ourselves. You actually brought up a point that I was starting to say, and I forgot to bring it up, which is, yeah, you know, a lot of, particularly a lot of moms out there, they, they feel guilty making time for themselves. And that's exactly what I wanted to say, but didn't, which is you are setting an example. So when you, you know, like for me, I, I have to look back and say, okay, when I was running my company and I, I was part of the environment, I created the environment where people felt that if I put an idea out, they didn't have to say, okay, the boss wants us to go in this new direction. Let's execute it. They were like, no, we don't want to do it. Cause they knew that I would say, you know, okay, it must be a, it must mm-hmm. be a dumb idea. So I was, mm-hmm. I was part of that. I was setting the example of what was what was the environment? And in a family, if you're a mom and you're, you know, putting everybody's needs last and you're exhausted, your kids see that. And, you know, a lot, I, I witnessed that in my own mom growing up. Uh, yes. you know, and I, it was, it took later in life for me to say, stop being a martyr, you know, take care of you, take yourself out, get your nails done. Like, I want to see you take care of you, not just take care of me and, and my sister and my brother. So that is a really fantastic point. Um, we have absolutely already hit the wall. Um, on our interview time, which I I, knew. I could just keep talking to you forever. This is so wonderful. But yes, we, thank you. <laughs> you know what we need? I'm I'm totally. I'm going to have my assistant follow up with you because I want to do. I, I really want to talk. Do a separate show about Joy Seeker because I think that obviously you wrote a whole book about it. But people don't think about pursuing joy, I th- and I think that goes back to what we started to say at the beginning of the show, which is a lot of people aren't even waking up to say, "Am I happy?" You know, and if I'm not happy, how do how do I get there? And for those of us that have had those moments, and maybe it's you know, like for me, I had moments in my life that just you know shook me to my core, and that forced me, I think, to look at things. But a lot of people are just prodding along, getting through the day. They're stuck in dull marriages that they don't do anything about. They hate their body. They don't like where they're, or they're not in a relationship. Whatever it is. They just don't take time to start exploring, like, am I happy? Do I have joy in my life? Because guess what? If you don't have joy, you can get it. 
Um, so I would love to have you back on the show to talk, you know, most specifically about joy. And then maybe we do a second part of, of self-love and self-care. Um, so I will yeah, reach out to you <laughs> because you're brilliant. And I think everybody needs to buy all of your books. Um, I promise you, not only are they amazing for yourself, they're a perfect gift. I'm obsessed. Um, if you look at my copy, yeah, I've, I've underlined like almost this entire book. Um, I I love that. Yeah. It's awesome. And you know, you, you shared that though. That's what happens when you find self-love and you really kind of get to that place. So I wrote the self-love experiment and then I was like, okay, so I feel self-love. And then what do you do with that? And that's really where Joy Seeker came in the follow-up book, which is now what kind of life do I really want to live? And it, it's, it's about actualizing your most authentic self in the world. And that's why we're all here. It's why we're here. And so it really does come back to loving you and knowing you matter and, and taking steps to show up more fully each day. Yeah, because the truth is, um, when back to what you said before, your tribe shows up when you do, when you really start to become yourself and, and be unapologetically yourself, you will be surprised how much your life will change. Like, I am just so much, I'm, I'm so much a different, better version of myself than I was two years ago. And I really like myself. And I could never yeah. say that before. I, I, would, it, I would have been mortified to even say those words two years ago. Oh, I like myself. I really love who I am. I love the woman I've become. But you know what? That's what we all should be. We all should be like, you know, what is it that makes me tick? What do I love to do? When we have more women living their authentic selves and and being true to themselves, this world can be a a whole different place. I'm all about it. She power. Yes, while we're here. You bet. Yes. Amen, girl. Well, tell people, I've referenced your books and obviously I'll link this up in the show notes, but tell people where they can find you online because you've got a whole host, not just books, but you've got all kinds of services for women that they want to, they're going to want to dive in and check out. Yes, you bet. My website is playwiththeworld.com and there's actually a free meditation you can grab at playwiththeworld.com to help you visualize your ideal life. So if anything resonated today, you can go deeper. And then I'm on social media, Shannon Kaiser writes my author page, Facebook and Instagram, and I'm always posting positive messages and again, to help you just awaken and align to your best self. You're amazing. You're doing wonderful things in this world, Shannon. I'm so glad that we connected and it's been an honor to have you back on the show. So I will uh, reach back out to you after this. And for everybody listening, um, make sure you head on over again. We'll have links to everything in the show notes at thekellyoshow.com. If you have questions on this episode or questions that you want us to address when we have Shannon back on the show, when we talk about self-care and self-love and the joy-seeking of joy and her book, make sure you um, send those to me. You can just use the contact me form at kellyalexa.com. You can also use that contact me form if you're interested in advertising on the show, or if you'd like to nominate somebody that I interview on the show. For now, thank you everybody for tuning in. I love you all. We will see you next time on the Kelly O Show. Hey everybody, this marks the end of our interview with Shannon Kaiser. I hope you enjoyed it. Isn't she amazing? Um, She's definitely going to be back on the show again to talk about her latest book um, and also because we didn't have as much time on this interview as we wanted. So I'm definitely going to have her back, I think, particularly as we're all dealing with this crazy COVID-19 coronavirus quarantine life that we're in. A lot of us are dealing with some heavy stuff. And I think her attitude, her ability to help us see things from a different perspective, um, to always see the lesson that's in, you know, all the crap that happens in life. She's just perfect timing right now. I think she's perfect timing all the time. 
Obviously, I'm a huge fan of her. She's made a big impact on my life. So I will make sure I link up to everything we talked about here, all of her books and some of the websites that she mentioned uh, in the show notes over at thekellyoshow.com. Make sure you head on over there and subscribe. Uh, If you are liking this show, I hope sincerely that you are. I believe that you are. I love hearing from so many of you. Um, I would ask that you share it with your friends on social media. Let them know about The Kelly O Show and all the good stuff we've got going on over here. And if you have a moment, whether it's iTunes or the podcast platform of your choice, if you would take a moment and leave us a five-star review, I would so, so, so appreciate it. As you know, I'm putting a lot of time and work and investment into making this show great for you guys. We've got so much good stuff coming, but those ratings help our show get seen and heard by more people. And that's why I'm producing the show, to help more people and help them get healthier and happier and lead more fulfilling lives. So that would be appreciated. If you have any questions for me about advertising, podcast sponsorship opportunities, working uh, with me or uh, The Kelly O Show in general, or if you would like to nominate a guest that we interview for the show, head on over to kellyalexa.com and use the contact me form. That gets to us and my team for everything. And we will get back to you as soon as possible. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. We'll see you next time on The Kelly O Show.